It's time for the podcast with two guys whose BMI is higher than their IQ. It's the Morning Five, sponsored by Smith Floor Coverings. This is a double cheek push here. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? Our pet's heads are falling off! Guess what today is? I like turtles. Hump day! Hump day! You're my boy, Blue! Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! I don't know how long this is going to last. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five. We've reached Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. Morning, everybody. Morning, Bryce. How are you doing, buddy? Good, man. How you doing? Oh, fantastic. And freaking-tastic. Bryce, today is National Sticky Bun Day. Are you a big fan of sticky buns? No, I'm not. Uh, Not a big fan of of sweet things. I'm pretty picky and choosy on my sticky buns and where and how I like to eat my sticky buns. Um, But usually I will turn down sticky buns because I am not a big sweets guy. I'm a big fan of sticky buns. I don't know why. I bet you are. They're a big... Big, big fan of sticky buns. I bet you didn't know. Ne- never any doubt in my mind, pal. I figured you were a big sticky buns fan. Today is also National Grain Free Day. Yeah, go to hell. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> That's all I have to say to that day. Go to hell. I want as many grains as you can get into my diet. <laughs> <laughs> Last night for dinner, I just ate a handful of Hawaiian those King's Hawaiian rolls. That was my that was my dinner was just pure grain. That seems that seems very very smart. I like that. Yeah, it, we like got we idea. got home late from uh, from baseball practice. Everybody was asleep, so uh, Braxton and I just dominated an entire bag of King's Hawaiian rolls. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it was good. That's, Health, that's healthy-ish, I think. Ish. Hmm? Yeah, I mean it's bread, right? That's the biggest part of the pyramid, or the old pyramid that they had in the '70s that apparently doesn't exist anymore. I just I just learned that a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh that, yeah. That things, food that things f- have changed about that. That, <laughs> that, food, that food pyramid, pyramid doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, now we have like uh, feelings and stuff on the food pyramid. It's weird. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, so I found out yesterday that the Falcons have become the betting favorite to land Justin Fields. Oh. Justin Fields to the Falcons jumped from a plus 240 to a plus 125 to I've seen it in the negative 110. What? In the negative area? Yeah. That's absurd, dude. Dude. It's it's getting a little bit crazy. So yesterday, or apparently this week, Justin Fields has unfollowed the Chicago Bears on Instagram. Uh Uh-oh. Which... You know as well as I do that that is does not sign or does not mean good things for the Chicago Bears. No, no. Usually, usually that means a lot of players. Trey Young does this every single offseason. He scrubs and cleans his all of his social media, and he does sort of the same thing. Um, and people freak out every time he does it. And he's done it every single year he's been in Atlanta. It's just like something he does in the offseason. I've never heard of, of Justin doing this up in Chicago, so I would think this is a sign of things to come. To me, it sounds like they are going to move off of Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams at number one. I don't know why they're going to do that. I wouldn't advise that as a program to do that, um, but from all indications, it does 
sound like they are going to move off of Justin Fields and restart the franchise back with Caleb Williams. Which, you know, to each its own. Uh, you and I both agree that we don't believe that Justin Fields or that Caleb Williams is is the heir apparent. Correct. And that a lot of people do. So it, it is what it is, right? Right. On the other side, Justin Fields has his own warts, just as many quarterbacks do in the NFL. No doubt. So do I think that Justin Fields would be a better option at quarterback than um, Desmond Ritter and, and Taylor Heineke? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Especially with a, a, a offensive coordinator who actually understands what the hell he's doing. That helps. That always helps and understands what personnel you have. I don't feel like... Um... Arthur Smith last year realized what personnel he had on the team sometimes when he was making the play calls. It was just it was mind blowing some of the play calls that we made in some certain situations. I feel like he was one of those. <laughs> I know this is not true, but I feel like he was a coach that only recognized or realized that he had one or two players on the team in certain situations. It was it was bizarre, man. It was a real bizarre offensive year last year for the Falcons. Yeah, and there was a lot of people that complained about the offensive output by Bijan Robinson or, you know, getting the ball to Bijan as as a rookie. He got a lot of touches. A lot. He did. A lot <laughs> lot more than people think. I, I'll put that it that being said. I, he didn't get the correct touches. I think that was my biggest problem with the way the fair. Braves offense ran last year is that the perp, the people who should have got touches in certain situations didn't. I don't think it's the the fact of. Uh, I mean, Pitts didn't get nearly as much touches, but he was hurt. Uh, but it, it just it seemed like they could never get the hands in the ball, or excuse me, the the ball in the hands of the right person at the right time. It was the timing aspect of who had the ball was the biggest issue I had with Arthur Smith's offense last year. Is like. When you would expect the ball to go to Algier, well, Bijan would give it. When you expect it to go to Bijan, uh, Cordero Patterson would get it. It was just, it was a very weird offense that didn't seem like it had a lot of flow, and it seemed like it was being ran by a guy who didn't know the personnel that he had. It was very, very odd. Yeah, and I, I can't wait to see the offseason guide coming out of, out from Los if he's going to do it this year because I hope last so. year he was spot on, man. Yeah, I hope he does it again. Yeah. I love that thing. Yeah, because, dear Lord, was he spot on on, on a lot of things. Um, especially, you know, the off, he does an offseason guide which explains who he thinks will get cut, who he thinks will get, you know, re-signed, that kind of thing. And he was spot on, and he's been spot on on a lot of different things. So I, I, I hope he does that again. Falcons have a lot of unrestricted free agents this year. Cordero Patterson is one of them. Um, he's one of those players that it's, it's going to be, do we want to re-sign him or do we want to just move on and find somebody similar? You know, I, I would think they're going to um, move on from Cordero Patterson. I think he was. A, I liked his time here. I liked what he provided for Atlanta. But if if I was a betting man, I, I would bet that they're going to move on from Cordero Patterson. I I tend to agree. Yeah. On a similar note about the quarterbacks, uh, a mock draft by Daniel Jeremiah at NFL.com had the Falcons landing um, University of Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy at eight. Oh, Barf City, dude. Dude, I am totally against this. Totally against this. And so is Los. 
Los retweeted this out and said simply, no, 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 no. He had five no's on his tweet. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. At, uh, there's, there's no way. There's no way you should draft J.J. McCarthy at eight. That's a horrible, no. horrible idea, man. If, if, if yeah. Oh, jeez, dude. Um, no, thank you. No, thank you. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if that if that somehow gets pulled off? Like, <sighs> why would we do that? I mean, yeah, I don't. I know the, the argument. Ugh. The argument was because the Falcons wanted to be aggressive when it comes to um, quarterbacks. And then blah, trade blah, up blah. for Jaden like, Daniels. Yeah, no joke. If you want, if you want to be aggressive, if you want to be aggressive for a quarterback, and you don't want Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, uh, or Ryan Tannehill, the the you know not big free agents. Two of them are free agents. One of them you have to trade for. If you want to be aggressive for a quarterback, and you don't want either one of those three quarterbacks, trade up for Jaden Daniels. Like trade up for him. Don't sit at eight and wait around. And, and pick up a quarterback that probably should not go in the first round. Like, J.J. McCarthy, in my opinion, is not a first-round quarterback. I just, yeah, that's that's terrible. That's I do, I do not want to see the Falcons take a quarterback, a wide receiver, or a running back in that eight spot. Give me an edge rusher. Uh, I'd really like to see the um, the edge guy from, uh, from Bama, um, yes. Dallas yes. Turner. I've seen I've seen Dallas Turner slipping to like 18, 19, 20 in a lot of these mocks. If you think he's going to fall, see if you can trade back. See if you can trade back. Um, What what I would honestly maybe one scenario that I think might play out that would be very, very nice is if the trade for Justin Fields does go down. I think the Falcons would send Pitts to to uh, to Chicago. That would give Caleb Williams a target up there. And then at eight, you're sitting there. If you don't want to go edge, Brock Byers, who might be uh, one of the best tight end prospects to ever come out of college football, is going to be sitting right there. Maybe maybe that's something you do. But I, I, I just... Much better than... Yeah. Pits. Holy crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, just, I, I think there's a lot of way the Falcons could go here. And it could be... A, a good pick, but uh, drafting uh, JJ McCarthy at eight would would not be one of those good picks. Or a wide receiver, like don't draft a wide receiver right there. You have so many other needs. Don't draft a wide receiver. The quote on that pick says a lot of people around the NFL expect the Falcons to be aggressive when it comes to finding a quarterback in this year's draft. They could trade up, or as they do in this case, stay at eight and bet on McCarthy's traits. I don't, I don't Again. know, I don't know why people around the NFL think the Falcons are going to be aggressive in this draft for a quarterback when they haven't been aggressive in the past three drafts and they've needed a quarterback the past three years. They haven't shown that they're going to be aggressive for a quarterback. That's not their mo. Um, I, yeah, I just, uh, I, I don't understand JJ McCarthy at eight there. That, that would be a terrible pick in my opinion. Something that. Both you and I can agree on is this offseason is going to be very, very big for the Atlanta Falcons. Yes. Yeah. Very, it's going, very to, big. It's going to be huge. I mean, you look at the free agents that they have right now uh, Jeff Okuda, Calais Campbell, like you said, Cordero Patterson, uh, Matt Collins, and Van Jefferson. Like Great. those are those are two wide receivers. Uh, Contavious Street, Trey Flowers, uh, Michael Pruitt, who is one of your better tight ends for the majority of the year, Matt Hennessy. Um, losing some, uh, lo- losing some, I don't, 
I, I don't want to say big names, but names that certainly produced for the Falcons this year. So you're gonna have to re- you're gonna have to replace all of those guys. And I think the one that most people are most afraid about losing to free agency is quarterback Felipe Franks. Oh yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> but let I mean, me uh, tell you. I mean, those are big holes like Jeff Okuda, Calais Campbell, Cordero Patterson, uh, uh, Matt Hennessy. Like those are those are holes that you're going to have to fill somehow. And whether it's bringing those uh, players back for another year or going out and getting somebody else, like you're you're going to have to figure that out. You're going to have to figure out your DB situation, your quarterback situation. There's a lot of things for the Falcons to to figure out this year in, in free agency. We move on to the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves had their first uh, op- their first workout as a full team yesterday down in Northport, Florida. Ronald Acuna hit a ball yesterday during bat- batting practice, Bryce, and turned around and said, I'm back, which is exactly what he said last year during before winning his MVP. Uh, dude, if this kid continues to play I've, like he did last year, there's no telling what we can do with him. Yeah. No telling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's great. Do it in the playoffs. <laughs> you hit 143 last year in the playoffs. Like, I I just don't. I, I, I find it so hard to get excited about the Braves season this year, the Braves regular season this year, because – I know what I know what this team is. I know what I expect out of them, and until they can prove it in the playoffs, they're, they're, they I tell you who the Braves are becoming. This is going to sound dumb because we're just a couple of years away, uh, uh, separated from the World Series. The Atlanta Braves are becoming the Dallas Cowboys, where I don't pay attention in the regular season because I know what's going to happen when we get to the playoffs. I know what disappointment awaits me when we get to the playoffs on a roster that should sweep through a lot of National League teams. Do it in the playoffs. Do it in the playoffs. All right? Uh, you sound like the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. You, 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 I mean, uh, Ronnie hit Ronnie hit a buck 43 in the playoffs last year. That's horrible. That's horrible from your MVP. Zero RBIs. Not a single RBI in the playoffs last year. 143, not a single RBI. On a bright note, Spencer Strider threw what looked like a nasty curveball against Matt Olson during live at bats yesterday, and Strider may have a fastball, a slider, and a changeup, which he had last year, and maybe a curveball to add to his repertoire this season. I saw that on Twitter uh, yesterday. I didn't see the pitch, but I did see that headline on Twitter. I was reading through. Um... Oh, 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 crap. Oh, the pitch was nasty. What? Uh, I don't remember who the beat writer was that was writing about it. Uh, but I was reading I was reading through my Twitter timeline, and uh, he was talking about it. Uh, Spencer Strider, the one person on the Braves team that actually showed – well, him and Austin Riley actually showed up in the uh, in the playoffs last year. He had a, he had a, a sub-3 ERA last year in the playoffs. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm expecting a big year this year from Spencer Strider, man. Chris Sale has already made an impact on his teammates already. They have mentioned his highly competitive nature and feel like it's rubbing off. And speaking of that, it seems like every main player who has been interviewed as they've made their way in spring training this this season has mentioned that they believe this year's team is World Series or bust. It has to be. That has to be the mindset. And, I mean, the, the biggest issue facing the Braves, in my opinion, this year is they have to produce in the playoffs and they have to find a team leader man they got to get somebody with some attitude in there 
that World Series team, they had a couple of guys that had that attitude, that had that leadership mentality. You had Freddie Freeman, you had Dansby Swanson, um, you had Jock Peterson with the pearl saying, we are those MFers. Like, they had guys that could lead in multiple situations and multiple different things. And, and now we have a team that doesn't even stick up for their second baseman when he gets punked by Bryce Howard or Bryce Harper. I, I, our, our team's got to get a little swagger. We got to have a little uh, chestiness about us. We have to have somebody that's willing to stick their chest out there and be a team leader and be vocal. And, you know, I, I, I think it should be Austin Riley. It hasn't been as of, as of yet. Uh, Austin hasn't shown that sort of outward sense of leadership, even if he does in the clubhouse, but, you know, uh, I would have liked to see uh, 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 Austin Riley step in front of Bryce Howard when he punked uh, Orlando Arcia last year in the playoffs, rounding second. I would have liked to see Austin Riley step in front of him before he even got to third base. Sort of how like what Bra- uh, Brian McCann did to old Cuzzy from the Brewers. I forget his name, oh. but but that's I mean that's exactly what McCann did. McCann stepped in front of home plate and said. No, we're going to have a conversation right here before you touch home. I would have liked to seen Austin Riley do that before Bryce Harper reached third base last year on that home run after punking your second baseman. Like, I, I don't know. This team's got to get a little bit a little bit more chesty, man. we got to find a leader in the clubhouse. I love Chris Sale. I think that was a good addition. That's going to be a good veteran addition for this team. But I don't want one of my chesty leaders being a starting pitcher because you're only playing once every five days. I need my leader to be a guy that's going out there every single day and battling with the rest of the team. It's not going to be Ronnie because that's just not ha- that's not his attitude. And that's fine. Ronnie is who Ronnie is. He's the, he's the best player in baseball right now. And if he's not going to be a chesty leader, that's fine. But we need to find somebody on this roster Who's going to be it? I, I I really want it to be Austin Riley. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, I, who's who's the new left fielder we got? Uh, Kalenic. Kalenic. I've I've heard that he might be that guy in in the locker room. Um, so we'll, we'll see. But I think that's that's one of the main things the Braves have to figure out this year is who's that, who's going to be your chesty leader uh, when it comes crunch time in the playoffs. So yesterday I was browsing uh, Reddit trying to find a topic or uh, two to talk about. And I came across this and I wanted to run this by you. And and I'm going to call this segment NFL Say What? What? Facts. Okay. All right. So I've got about 12 facts that I want to run by you. Oh, Um, all right. Run through these. But these are very, very interesting. Starting off, Eli Manning and Peyton Manning. Okay. They have the exact same career passing rating in the in the playoffs. <laughs> I'd like to know what the difference is for their career passing rating in the regular season. <laughs> I, I bet it's I, I bet it's know. nuts. That, but that's crazy. I mean, you think about like Eli Manning is described as one of the worst quarterbacks to ever win a Super Bowl, and he won two. And the fact that Peyton has as much had as much success as he did in the regular season and only won two Super Bowls as well, that's pretty crazy. Matt Ryan and Matt Ryan won 120 games with the Atlanta Falcons. The player that is second in wins in the Falcons started 121 games. What is it? A quarterback? Yeah. Is it Mike Vick? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I wonder if he's the second most winningest quarterback in Falcons history. That's crazy. Vic, I, I doubt hey, it. You, you and I, you and I both said Mike, uh, Mike Vick, uh, Matt Ryan's the greatest Falcon of all time, and people are going to miss him when he's gone. And damn sure do they. Yeah, we do. 
In Joe Flacco's first five playoff games, he had a 47 and a half completion percentage. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He threw one <laughs> touchdown, six interceptions, and averaged 132 yards per game. The Ravens went three and two in those games. It's crazy that the Ravens have two of the worst quarterbacks to ever win an NFL Super Bowl between Joe Flacco and Elvis Gerback. Like, it's that's that's mind blowing, dude. That's crazy. And this year, they had one of the greatest quarterbacks they've ever had in franchise history, and they couldn't win it. Yep. In 2018, the Cleveland Browns started the season 0 1. Oh, there we go. Starting with and that a tie. was their best start in 14 years. Oh, <laughs> ties their best start in 14. They hadn't won an opening day game in 14 years. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> the high water mark is a tie. Oh, gotta love it. Uh, the Panther, the Panthers have never had back to back winning seasons, but they've won the NFC South three years in a row. Oh, Jesus, that's that's. Oh, good Lord. That's uh, that's an indictment on the NFC South. My goodness. That's, yeah. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. The Oilers and t- the Titans franchise has had the same amount of AFC titles. AFC, excuse me, AFC East titles as the New York Jets. Oh, they haven't been in the AFC East since 1969. Jeez, dude, <laughs> that's that's. I got I got an Oilers stat. I don't know if you have this on there, but I got I got an Oilers stat for you. That's also pretty funny. Oh, um, the Oilers have won their division more recently than the Cleveland Browns have. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, in. Tom Brady's first seven Super Bowls, he didn't score any points in the first quarter. Oh, that's bizarre. What was he? He was five and two in those first seven, I think. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Didn't score any points in the first quarter. That's nuts. Jerry Rice had 2,169 receiving yards after turning 40. Everyone else combined has four yards after turning 40 after turning 40 six yards from from brady <laughs> six yards from brady um yeah i think the only other person that might be able to get some yards not jerry rice would be larry fitzgerald but i think he retired um yeah yeah but larry legend was that's that's nuts. jerry rice he's got to be the greatest wide receiver of all time right like longevity wise yeah, yeah. absolutely dude was a monster in the 2006 game against the Cardinals, Rex Grossman was 14 of 37, 144 Whoa. yards, zero <laughs> touchdowns, four interceptions, two lost fumbles. Yeah, six Bears turnovers. W- Bears won. Esther <laughs> also had more punt return yards than Grossman had passing yards. That's one of those quarterbacks that you just forgot existed. Rex Grossman. Six tur- he had a negative six turnover ratio. <laughs> That's miserable. And the fact that Hester had more punt return yards than Grossman had passing yards is unbelievable. I wonder how many times Hester outgained the quarterback in a game, because I bet that happened more than once. Hester had some insane return games, and he played for the Bears, who have had absolute dog crap quarterbacks for a long time. In 2002, the expansion Houston Texans were outgained by the Steelers, 422 yards to 47. 
yards of total offense. The Texans won twenty-four to six. Oh my God, that's and that's embarrassing. Well, that was what year was that? Two thousand two. Two thousand two. That was the Dom Caper years for the Texans. Yeah, that was the there was their expansion year. Yeah, yep. that was. Uh, who's their quarterback? Oh, oh man. Dom Capers was the uh, was the coach, and damn it, I don't remember who their quarterback was. It, it lost, it floated away. Kurt Warner only started all sixteen games in his career three times. All three times his team went to the Super Bowl. That's pretty good odds, right there. I wonder if we can get Kurt yeah. Warner back and and have him start uh, for the Falcons. Just just go up there and start. Start all 16 yeah. and you go back to the Super Bowl. Yes, please. Yeah. And then finally, the, in 2014, the Kansas City Chiefs finished the season with zero receiving touchdowns scored by a wide receiver. In two thousand In 2014? Yes. 2014, they finished the season with zero receiving wow. touchdowns scored by a wide receiver and finished with a 9-7 and seven record. They were the first modern era NFL teams to finish with zero receiving yards or touchdowns scored by a wide receiver. How does that even happen? Dude, I don't know. That is that is bizarre, man. Was that 2014 is, the Alex Smith era? I has to be. Has to be. Uh has to be the Alex Smith era. Let's see. No touchdowns. Yep, Alex Smith and Chase Daniel. Chase yep. Daniel. There's a name. There's a name right there. Wow. Who, who? What was their wide receiver core? Let's see. Uh, Daryl Sargent. There you go. That's a. Uh, let's see. Wayne Bow. Okay, that's a that's a name. That's a name. Yeah. When you look at their starters. Yeah. On uh, Pro Football Reference. Yeah. It. That's it. Oh, that was the year <laughs> Eric Berry was um, diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Wow, shout out. Georgia native torched us for about 675,000 yards. They had two running backs, Jamal Charles and Anthony Sherman, and one wide receiver, two tight ends on their starting lineup. Oh, geez. And it was Travis Kelsey and Anthony Fasano. Listen listen to these wide receivers. Uh, Jason Avant, Donnie Donnie Avery, Frankie Hammond. Junior, <laughs> Junior Hemingway, DeAnthony Thomas, Albert Wilson, and Dwayne oh, yeah. Bow. No wonder, yes, no wonder they didn't have any touchdowns passes thrown to a wide receiver. And you, and you had, you had Chase Daniel and Alex Smith, and uh, a, a local name Aaron Murray <laughs> as your quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, no, uh, good lord, that's crazy. Yeah. No wonder. So there's your there's your NFL say what? I, I got I got one more for you. I got one additional for uh one more for you. Um do you know who Brett Favre completed his first ever NFL pass to? Brett Favre. That's right, Brett Favre. He completed his pass to himself. <laughs> yeah, that that'll get you that'll get you a drink in a bar somewhere. Yep. And the Jets have never beaten the Eagles. That's that's nuts too. Yep. Since the merger in '73, the Jets have never beaten the Eagles. <laughs> just a, just a poop on the Jets a little bit more. Uh, Billy, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard from last night in baseball. Carrollton beats Noonan seven to six. 
Central beats Locust Grove 9-6. Brandon Music and Tucker Lambert both with two RBIs apiece. And Hurt County falls to Bowden 5-3. Billy, you and Casey were calling that game last night. Yeah, it was a really, really well-pitched game initially. Um, dude, I'll, I'll be honest wait, with you. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Will Huggins just got another yep. hit. That <laughs> doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Will Huggins is good, dude. Yeah, he is. Will Huggins is really talented. <laughs> um, and look, this Hart County team was battling. Um, I would not put it past them to to battle all year long. And they're they're doing what Hart County does, and, and they're putting up really they're battling against teams that may be on the same bar with them or a l- little bit better, and hopefully that'll make them a little bit better when it comes to the region um, later on this year. Um, yeah, and, and you don't have this mentioned on uh, the scoreboard, but Temple and Carrollton and Heard County girls all won last night. Yeah, Temple and, won 79 yeah. to 56, Heard won 51 to 43 against Bacon Chow- Bacon Chowney and Carrollton won Bacon Chowney. Uh Carrollton had a close one. They won 49 to 41 against Hillgrove. Carrollton uh goes on to face Lowndes. Temple goes on to face the winner of Savannah and Swainsboro and Heard County goes on to face Bryan County. Um, so that'll be a uh, that'll be a good matchup. Her County will be on the road at Bryan County. Temple will be on the road either at Savannah or at Swainsboro. And then the Carrollton Trojans, uh, they will be on the road at Lowndes. So the girls going off last night. The boys will go off tonight, man. I, wa- I, I watched a couple of uh, highlights from that Buford girls game. Dude, that Buford girls team is insane good. Uh, Kyle Sandy posted some highlights last night from their game, and they are... They are nuts, man. They are absolutely dynamically insane. Uh, on the Smith, Mount Zion's girls fell last night. I don't. I, I know they lost. I don't know. I haven't been able to find the score. Yeah, Mount. I know Mount Zion fell. Um, and uh, Bow, I think Bowden, the Bowden girls, lost last night as well to Chattahoochee County. Uh, I think, but. I haven't uh, seventy four to twenty was the score to the Carrollton or the uh, Carrollton, the Mount Zion score. I, I think I think Bowden played Chattahoochee County last night for the girls, but I couldn't find a score for that one either. Um, but I think I think that happened last night. I think might not have, but I think it did. Uh, on the Smith's floor coverings, games and events calendar for tonight in baseball: Creekside at Mount Zion at five thirty, and Bowden at Harrelson County. At 5.30. Do we have any of those games on a hometown sports media network? Yeah. Uh, Creekside versus Mount Zion will be called by our good buddy uh, Patrick Edson. Let's go. That's awesome. That'll be a uh, that'll be good. And then all the uh, most of the boys um, basketball will be tonight. Carrollton, they are uh, traveling to Hill Grove. Um, Central's got a home game. Do, uh, do you remember who Central plays right off the top of your head? I know, I, know uh, that, no. I know that Central's at home. Uh, hold on, let me see here. Southwest DeKalb is who Central plays. Um, so, yeah, all, all the boys that made it to the basketball playoffs, they are playing tonight. I think there was only, like, through all classifications, I think there was only three boys games last night, so the majority of them will be tonight, and none of, our, none of the boys in our local area were playing uh, last night. They're all playing tonight. Okay. All right, Bryce, you need another cup of coffee? Yeah, man, this one's gotten cold. 
Another cup of coffee brought to you by realtor Hannah Strong with Century 21 Novus. Major League Baseball expansion is apparently coming within the next few years. The plan is to add two more teams, which would bring the total to 32, which is where the NFL sits on teams. Yeah, I guess. I don't. All right. I mean, that's fine. As long as as long as they move into markets that are going to A, accept baseball, and B, the owners are going to care about it because the stuff the the situation that the Oakland Athletics are in right now is an absolute mess man it's it's an absolute mess the fans want them to stay in yeah. Oakland there's fans there the owners don't want to pump money into it the mayor in Las Vegas says do not come here we don't want you um it's a it's an absolute mess so uh yeah we'll uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see we'll see two more teams do they do they know what sites where they're going I would love to see another Another team added here in the southeast, like a, like a Tennessee or a North Carolina or an Alabama team or something like that. Like, I think that would be I think that'd be cool. Like a Charlotte team, like a Charlotte, North Carolina team. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to read because it was ESPN Plus. Um, that's the one thing I don't pay for. I pay for the athletic. You pay for ESPN Plus. So I, I didn't get a chance to read this. Um, um, let me see here. Do do do. Um, bum, 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 bum. Just give me a list. I don't want to read through this. I don't want to read through your crappy articles. <laughs> like, I just don't. Yeah, I just. Uh, it looks like. Um, uh, Somebody had a. Yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee is one it's of them. But they. That's all they. That's all they list. They, they Nashville. Not, Nashville would be a really good spot. It would be, yeah. Um, I, I think I think Nashville, Charlotte, or Birmingham. I think any of those three would be a would be a win. I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, going back, Mike uh, Mike Davis, former Atlanta Falcons running back, Mike Davis has announced his retirement. Oh wow, he had, he didn't play in the league very long. He was that was under he played yeah. under a decade, didn't he? Yeah, I think like eight years. Oh wow, that's. He was pretty good for a short period of time. The shelf life, though, for running backs is very short. So I guess a decade's probably a full career for most people. I mean, look, look at Zeke. He was only effective for under a decade. Yeah. College football playoff unanimously approves a 5 plus 7 model which new for the new 12-team playoff, which is actually going to be a 4 plus 8 model in all reality. But... You know, it is what it is. Yeah, let's go. Let's include more teams. Let's water down the product. Fantastic. Yippee. <laughs> Stupid. I hate it. It's moronic. Oh, buddy. It's going to be. It'll be good. It'll, it'll be, be good. horrible. It'll be horrible. I nah, can't I wait to so. see Kansas City, Missouri State Technical College in the playoffs. That's not going to happen, Bryce. At what point do we stop? When is it going to be 64 right. teams in the playoffs? That's not, Five that's years? not going to happen. Five years, everybody's going to make it. Did you play a game this year? You made the playoffs. Yippee. Woo. That's how bowl games are anyway right well, now. Then nobody watches them. No, but they're the most pointless thing in existence. The more you have, the less it matters. The more watered down your product is, the less it matters. I agree. I like but the problem. I like it when the there's two teams. Is, That's I think it. The playoffs will be will be fine. I want two teams. That's it. That's it. No playoffs. Of course you do. No team. Two teams. That's it. No playoffs. You're such, you're such an elitist, and it's ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. Not everybody gets to participate. Sorry about it. I don't care if you did go undefeated. 
Sorry about it. Two teams. That's it. It's all I want. I don't want it determined Bryce, on the field. Bryce hates March Madness. Hates it. No, I, I, I like that because it's... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. That, because be- that's been shoved down your throat your entire freaking life. But this, because it's changed all, all throughout your life, you don't like it. What's no, really March Madness has changed. I, like just, change. I like it because it uh, adds a betting aspect into it. And it's, it's you know... Okay, it's, then why are you bitching? Because I just want two teams in there in, in college football like it was with the BCS. I'd be fine with two teams in college basketball. The reason I'm not as passionate about March Madness is because I don't care about college basketball as much as I do college football. College football is my life for about eight months out of the year. College basketball is my life for about a week and a half out of the year. I don't care about college basketball as much as I, I could care less about college basketball. If they let 122 teams into March Madness, I wouldn't care. It's not like I'd care any more or any less. If there was only two teams in the championship in college basketball, I wouldn't care any more or any less because I don't really care about college basketball. I don't care what they do. I care about college football because that's my life for 75% of the year. And I want to see just the two best teams playing each other and that's not going to happen in this expanded 12 team playoffs i don't care about the underdog i don't want the underdog to get a chance i want dynasties to get a chance i want dynasties to play each other i want ohio state to play georgia i want michigan to play alabama i don't want boise state getting a chance to go in there and ruin everything and me not give two shits about the national championship i don't want tcu in there mainly because they're going to get the crap beaten out of them by a true blue blood. And we saw that two years ago. I don't want that to happen. It's not good for ratings. It's not good for stories. And it's not good for the give a shit meter in college football. It's just not. Wait, how did that true blue blood uh, do against TCU in the semifinals? I'll wait. In the semifinals? That was pretty close, wasn't yeah. it? I don't, even remember what, I don't even remember what that score was. I was not sober. I don't. I don't Dude, even. I, I don't even I was remember. Sitting it. next to you, I'm aware of how not sober you were. That yeah, day. I don't. I I do not remember that at all. I I, I didn't even watch. I don't. I, to tell you how much I don't remember, I forgot the other day that Michigan was the national champions. I didn't watch a single second of that game. I no. I turned it off at halftime. I didn't. I didn't uh, even turn it on. Blech. The U.S. women's national team cruises past the Dominican Republic in the CONCACAF Women's Gold Cup opener. Damn right we do. Alex Morgan with a pin in the 92nd minute. Uh, Leah Williams scored. Olivia Moultrie scored. Uh, best women's team in the entire world. So let's go. Uh, Moultrie's only 18 years old, man. It was only her third appearance with the national team, and she scored a goal in the uh, in the seventh minute and the fifty eighth minute. And then finally today in two thousand sixteen, the fifty eighth Daytona five hundred, Denny Hamlin wins the closest finish in race history by just point zero one seconds ahead of Martin Truex Jr. That was pretty crazy. Point zero one seconds. From cars that are going, you know, 190, 195 miles an hour. That's nuts. That's absolutely insane. 500 miles. And they're .01 seconds apart at the end. That's nuts. Only a couple days away from Atlanta Motor Speedway. Yep. You got anything else for us, buddy? Nah, man. Let's get out of here on uh, on a hump day. On a hump day. For Bryce Barling, I am Billy Lindahl. Have a great day, everybody. We will catch you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors.